Hello guys, I'm late, I'm late for a very important date with you. No time to say hello, goodbye. <sighs> I've been watching corporate errand videos. If you don't know what those are, get into it. I'm afraid I'm gonna start talking like her because the reason that I'm behind in my podcast is there were some deliverables I needed to get done by the end of the day. It's so triggering. It's so delightful. Go support her. Corporate Erin. I believe the actress's name is Lisa Beasley. So funny. Um, but yeah, I do have actually had some like EODs and some deliverables and some things to turn in and I have some exciting news. And so basically after the new year, we're going to be rolling out some really exciting announcements. So hold on for those. But until then... I'm going to today be covering just this Beverly Hills that happened last week, and then we're also going to cover, of course, the Potomac that just happened yesterday or two days ago, because I don't know what day it is. That's another part of having a lot of things going on. Let's just launch into it. Um, I don't have a lot to say about this episode, except we got to see that Anne Marie is a huge asshole, and I deeply want to fight her on behalf of esophageal health everywhere. Um, I'm just gonna go to my first page of notes. So we got our little home segment with Anne-Marie, um, who's married to, I don't know what his name is, Marcellus, something like that, Wiley. He's a ex-NFL player. Um, so we, you know, the proverbial, my life is so crazy. She said, our house is bananas. <laughs> Now, by bananas, she means that she has children. I know that it's unusual in America to have families. I know that this is not like a thing that you guys have seen before on any Bravo shows, but she does have children. And the thing about them is they eat food. You have to feed them. You have to clothe them. You take them to school. I know it's completely uncovered territory. Um, she said, our house is bananas. Like, sometimes I'm serving frosted flakes. Sometimes it's cookie crisp. I don't know. It's just everything is moving at a really fast pace. Um, they are in the kitchen doing what passes for cute banter in their family and she says oh, you know I can't cook which I'm st I'm not no I don't know I don't want to polarize anyone but I, am I annoyed by people who can't cook I think I might be I just I don't like the it almost seems like a thing to brag about for some reason um you know, I can't cook anything like and it almost sounds like they think it's beneath them or they think it's like a quirky thing to not be able to cook. It's kind of strange because you just have to follow directions. So my question is just like, what else can't you do? If you can't cook, can you put furniture together? If you can't cook, can you like follow Google map directions to drive us places? Because to me, it's the same skill set, you know? Like, you just follow a recipe. You follow the instructions. I understand the nuance and the, like, affinity and the, and the care and the interest. I understand the interest might not be there. I understand it can seem effortful. I understand you don't get excited about different spices and herbs and things like that. And those, because those are things that excite me. I'm actually interested in them. I don't understand just being like, I can't, I don't know how, I won't learn. And it's like a shtick. It's a running shtick. Um, you know, unless you're going to go whole hog sitcom, like Desperate Housewives and, you know, Terry Hatcher's character, Susan, 
you know, like poison was literally poisoning people and setting things on fire. That's fun, you know? So unless you're going to actually set the house on fire, you know how to turn on the stove and so do your, and, and then you have children. You need to teach them how to turn on the stove as well. So, but anyway, she says she can't cook and he, her husband makes a joke like, I know. Oh, and so you know that that's their thing, like a, th- a callback to a joke that they have amongst themselves. And then in the confessional, this very confused woman says, my husband told me that one of the reasons he married me is I'm an 8.5 in everything. He said, you know, and looks, you're not a 10. You're like an 8.5. You're like an 8.5 in this. You're like an 8.5 in that. But think about it. How many people can say that they're an 8.5 in everything? Oh, wait. No, I think he said he said I was a 9.5 in body. <laughs> So, bitch, you're telling me your husband told you you're a butterface? Is that what I'm hearing right now? Your husband t- rated your body higher than your face? And he also... What kind of pickup culture, red pill podcaster did you marry? Why is he trying to humble you, sis? What are you talking about? Do I think you have a very long face? I do. Do I think it's a great thing when, like, there's more, like, chin real estate than forehead real estate? I don't. But I'm not married to you. Your husband is supposed to think you're the most beautiful person ever. And, like, they can be realistic in their brain. They can know, you know, that there might be, you know, if Halle Berry came by, they might want a hall pass. But the things that make you you are supposed to be what draws that person. They're supposed to to love you because you are a melange of things that make you you, and then the pheromones that happen when you feel comfortable with someone, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's supposed to make you attractive. You you are supposed to be like their person. I'm very confused. I don't know why he's rating you with numbers, and I don't know why you would repeat it to all of us, and I don't know why you would act like it's a compliment, but perhaps your utter confusion about what's appropriate or not explains the way you acted at Sutton's house, which we'll get to momentarily. Okay, Erica, what's with all the lemons? And did you figure out yet that lemonade is lemons, water, and some sort of sweetener? Very complex um, on that same theme of not cooking. But I just don't know if she's cosplaying as Yolanda Hadid. I don't know if she... Remember Yolanda and her... I've just, I just go out to the lemons in my garden. I've been doing the master cleanse for 58 weeks now. And I just feel so... I feel clear-headed and closer to God. It's like I'm floating off the ground. Bitch, you're dehydrated. Eat some food, drink some water. Anyway, more lemon, more lemon play. Erica invites her mom to her residency in Las Vegas, which is announced in the scene prior where her agents have Mylar balloons to say congratulations and Erica signs the contract in front of the balloons. I'm going to say some agents would take you out to a nice dinner, buy you a bottle of, you know, an alcohol that's older than, you know, like a millennial alcohol, let's say. It's not Gen not Gen Z. And then you have these agents. Um, I guess the way they congratulate you is proportionate to the amount of money you're going to make. 
but I just don't know why that budget was spent on balloons. Um, but I'm glad her mom is going to the opening. She definitely is passive aggressive and says, oh, oh, okay, so I'm going to be invited to this one. And Erica rolls her eyes like, mom, come on, which I mean, it's not a dumb question, but their whole, their little, we're mom and daughter, but we're close in age and we're friends act. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm not tired of it. I don't mind it. They're both show showmen. They're both show people and they're, they're doing what they need to do. Um, Kyle, Kyle is breadcrumbing. It's like the, the, uh, Britney Spears Instagram. Like, do you need help? Are you, are you rescue? Like all of the scenarios that she keeps putting forth, like, oh, it's, it's just kind of like, you know, are you saying that he has a different family, like in another country and that they have a house and the address is 555000 uh, Corto Novo, Portugal? Are you saying that they, I mean, what are you, why are you planting all these different ideas in our heads? And later, you know, Garcelle says, finally, which is what I've been saying and a lot of other podcasters are saying, it seems like. Kyle wants to be asked because normally when someone brings up something that you don't want to discuss, you don't say, you know, if someone's, you say that I'm, you know, pregnant and I'm hiding your pregnancy and someone's like, wow, you're going to the bathroom a lot. Is everything okay? I wouldn't be like, well, it's not like I'm pregnant. You know, what are you saying? Are you saying that because I'm going to the bathroom a lot, I'm pregnant because women on their first trimester have to pee a lot? Is that what you're saying? Is that everybody, she's saying that I'm pregnant. That's, that's not, that's not how you handle those things. So I think it's strange. I think it's strange. It's weird. Um, Kyle has a price tag on her Lucite makeup organizer. And she is worth $200 million. I just wanted to, I, I am worth negative $200 million and I'm trying to figure out how to craft some sort of cuter makeup holders than the one I have like that because I want everything to look very, you know, boho chic on my little shrine that I'm creating on top of my dresser so that I can put curses on NECA's family. But no, I do have a theme for that area. It's just cute, gold, blue. You know, I I just don't want this, this plastic looking acrylic makeup holder thing. So I'm super excited that Kyle has one and it seems to be, I don't even think that's a container store label because I know the font. I think that's from like TJ Maxx or Marshalls. Stars. They're just like us. Stars of Halloween. They're just like us. So we are going to go now to the four-year, five-year party of Sutton, which, again, I'm going to point out to you guys that revenue that the store has made or any profit is never mentioned. It's just, it's amazing your store is here. Congratulations, your store is here. From Sutton, from anyone else, there's no mention of actual business transactions that happen in the store. It's just a celebration of paying the rent <laughs> the space consistently for five years, which is an accomplishment, um, but also something that she can do from her monthly alimony, alimony payments. So 
the song I want to point out is like, I put my blood, sweat, and tears into every inch of me. I'm deserving to be here. Ah! I don't actually remember the melody, but I do know that I was tracking songs for that. And later, was it Potomac as well? No, Potomac has more instrumentals, I think. But the music was literally just stating the objective of the scenes out loud. Like, sometimes it alludes to it. You know, usually we will get vagues. You know, I'm a boss bitch. I'm doing that. Da, da, da. It was literally like, I'm having a midlife crisis. Is my husband cheating on me? We don't really know. Do, do, do. Like, it was just very on the nose. Um, so Kyle wants to show... Show, show, show. It's always showing with Kyle. Kyle wants to show Sutton that she is in good terms with one of her sisters. Imagine having such a massive relationship with your family that you end up using one of them that you outed as an alcoholic on television, you know, 10, 12 years prior as a pawn to show that you now have a good relationship with them just to show that you're not an asshole to some other woman who you are currently treating like an asshole. And... Well, you're currently acting ash-holish toward, let me say. That's a very surface level of life experiences. And I would encourage, as I encourage all of the Bravo women to do, to really uh, interrogate any life coaches, therapists, without degrees, that would agree to get on the television show with them and instead find someone in private and do some real inner work. Because, Kyle, um, I would like also to extend an apology to the woman in the scene that was talking to Sutton. Um, it's, she didn't know what to do. She didn't know where to go. She was like, am I part of the TV show is this really a world in which someone is going to act like I don't matter? I'm important in my day to day life. I know I'm more important than this lady that colors on the walls. And yet here she is interrupting my conversation. And oh, oh, the conversation's really ending. I, I've been, I've been fired. I've been fired from the conversation. It was that thing where they're like, oh, sorry to interrupt. I just want to say this. But they, they weren't sorry. And they didn't just, they, you're done. Your part in the conversation's gone. Wow. I watched all those emotions go over her face and I have to say, I'm sorry. I don't know your name, but I'm sorry. We do find out that she is an artist and then they bring up Kim's art again and I just color on the walls. <laughs> I still stand for her wall murals. I have to say, I think they're quite good. They're quite good. Um, but I can't remember who pointed out uh, the privilege of just being home in the pandemic and worrying about things and coloring on walls. Wow. Wow. All right. Sudden speech. Very awkward. I don't really know what she was trying to do, but she did say, I'm the worst speaker. Also, will say I'm proud of myself. Okay. Um... Everyone, you know, you don't have to speak at events. Just let the events speak for themselves or hire an MC. That's my advice for that. Moving on, Sun gets real cunty with Kim and Kyle at the bar. So she has, you know, obviously open bar at her party. And she goes over and she says, I'm having my first drink of the day. I'm just getting permission from mom first. 
And Kim is like, mom, mom's here. Who's mom? Where's mom? Mom, where's who's mom? And Kyle's like, I think she means me. Yeah, she means you. And you don't have to look so gagged. Why do these women on this show in particular, they throw hands and then, you know, verbal hands. They throw verb verbal baby hands from their throats. That sounds really disturbing. Um, they do that and then they just act really surprised when anything comes back at them. And obviously Kyle is the main perpetrator of this type of fake shock and looking aghast. Oh, oh my God, I can't believe she said that. Yeah, she literally is just referring to something that you said very recently, which is that she's an alcoholic, drug addict, abusing her foot medicine, who has an eating disorder and doesn't eat. And that's, that's what you said. That's what you said. I don't, you know, I'm so angry about the whole line of questioning of Sutton's disorders, A, because they're just come from a place of ignorance, you know? I've never liked, it's such mean girl and stupid mean girl behavior because mean girls are the girls that, you know, made fun of you in school and I don't really get made fun of. Let's be honest, I've always been in the 99th percentile of height and weight chart, so I was <laughs> taller than everyone, but I was definitely like othered and I just feel like it's so like high school mean girl to act imperious about something that you don't know because you're dumb and that you could look it up. When someone tells you they have any problem that inhibits the physical act of eating, that's a very, that's not a good thing. What Sutton has, that takes people out of living on this astral plane of existence early. When you are older um, and your appetite decreases and eating becomes more difficult, that's one of the things of old age that that people pass away from. And people who have a swallowing disorder, they are like have higher incidence of starving. That's just something I looked up. I actually looked that up, that part up. But I mean, I just don't think it takes a genius to put together that if you have something going on in your throat where swallowing food makes you choke, your quality of life is heavily affected by that. And it makes total sense to me that Sutton could be in a groove where it's working out okay with her swallowing and then she loses weight because she gets sick of having to spit her food out sometimes. So it actually in the after show, it was confirmed that Crystal has seen Sutton choking before and that they were all in Aspen together last season and Sutton kept having to eat things then like spit them out and was like choking. And it is so Kyle to not remember that and register that. It reminds me of when she didn't remember anything Lisa had said about Nanny Kay the woman who raised her, you know, it's not, and Kyle's like, well, I just, I, mean, I thought that was your grandmother. I didn't, I didn't realize how close she was. I mean, it's not uncommon in any culture for another relative to take someone in, right? I mean, I know, you know, in African-American community and Africans community, people, you know, people send their kids off to get better life. People historically have been sending their kids from, you know, up North, from the South for safety, things like that. And, and if you, you know, people, if your parents pass away, often a grandmother will step in. I don't think that's that weird. But just the fact that Kyle, like, did she just hear, what did she hear when, when, when Lisa's telling her about how she, how she grew up? Like, what is, what is, does Kyle just hear when it's not about her? So anyway, yes, um, Bravo After Show, 
the Housewives after show comes on Peacock and you can watch them in some of their same confessional outfits that they did their own solo confessionals in, repeated, and you can see them discussing material further. And it's, you know, no remorse is shown from Duray or Kyle. Erica's kind of like, I can't believe we keep talking about this, but yeah, like she told me she had a thing and I was like, okay, you have a thing. Um, and then it was Garcelle and Duray, I mean, sorry, Garcelle and Crystal that were actually you know, able to summon up <laughs> memories of things that had actually happened. Be like, yeah, this is what happens when she eats da 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 da. So I guess just to explain to lay the groundwork to you all, and I'm not calling anyone listening names if they don't know about this stuff. I'm just saying when your friend tells you a couple years uh, a couple years, you know, pass, and then you have time to look it up and then you choose to mock her anyway. I just have questions, but um, what Sutton seems to have is a stricture or a narrowing of the esophagus, which is a condition that can develop for a bunch of different reasons, including GERD, which is gastroesophageal reflux disease, which I have. And then it just means that your, your esophagus really isn't big enough to get food down there. And so you would have to get it stretched out, which is a thing people do, and you can get it stretched out, and then it can have holes in it and get perforated and tear, and then you need more surgery, in which um, Sutton did say that happened to her brother. So let's keep going. Um, at the bar, Sutton calls Kyle and Dorit out for talking about her drinking, and Sutton says, Crystal told me that you said I, you know, alluded to drinking problem, and Dorit looks very shocked and then runs over to crystal and starts interrogating crystal about it and crystal you know crystal she's always cool as a cucumber she said yeah i told them what you said <laughs> just like <laughs> and then jake's like well what did you say you said that i i said that she loves a drink it's not an unknown thing that she loves a drink so what are you mitigating sudden i mean uh dorit if you are confirming that you said all those things and now you're doubling down. Why does everybody have to listen? I And then they started playing the like, do, 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 you know, some kind of like funny music to show time elapsing. And then Crystal goes, I'm bored. <laughs> and she's just literally being talked at. And it's kind of funny, but I also think it's kind of karen and a little bit of a tactic to just wear people down and try to confuse them. Like verbal battery and assault. I just don't... Because where do you get off negotiating with me about something you said? And then when you come over, you're repeating the same thing. Also, you said it. You either, Do you not remember or are you a liar? So I kind of feel like sometimes Dorit's whole long-winded thing, people start being like, oh my God, she's confused. She's talking in circles. It's like, but what are you confused about? Because everyone is responsible for the things that they do. And if you don't want to do... If you don't... You know, if we're not like tight friends or if you're just out of pocket, it's, it's going to get repeated. So stand firm in your word. Um, yeah. So like Dorit is like, literally, I'm like, are you trying to figure out what you said? And, you know, then Sutton and Kyle, they kind of have a like wrap up of their issues. It's very, I mean, you know, those really thin ribbons that you get when you used to go um, have your gifts wrapped in the store the one that if you like glide your scissors along that you can make it curly 
it's like that ribbon. Like the lightest ribbon was put on top, blink. So I don't really trust it. This house of cards is gonna fall at any moment. But I did love that sudden snuck in and like, yes, we can move forward as long as you're open and honest. I'm like, you, are you still trolling? Are you still trolling Kyle with Kyle's words? Go ahead, sudden, go ahead. Um, there was a commercial break for Southern Hospitality, which is that, well, and I wouldn't say it's a spinoff of Southern Charm. It's in the universe of Southern, well, universe of Southern Charm with Love of Bonaparte, uh, club own, owner of multiple nightclubs with her husband, and she was on Southern Charm. Now, I just want to say this. They keep showing that clip of this one cute waitress manager girl. I've watched one episode or two, by the way. I think one and a half. They keep showing a clip of her being like, I thought you were my person. Did you cheat on me or not? And her boyfriend that just looks like a red face, like abominable snowman being like, no. They No to the question of, I thought you were my person. And I just want to say, I know you think that ugly guys aren't going to hurt you, but they are. Okay? For any of the young women listening, if you really want to get humbled, it might as well be an NBA player. That's all. Okay, moving on. Um, so we finally get to the Anne Marie section. Um, I am enraged. So Anne Marie was listening when she heard Der, uh, Sutton say that gabapentin, or I think they just referred it to as her medication because she was parsing through all the nasty things those bitches said. And you said I was mixing my medication with my alcohol. And Kyle's like, no, I didn't say it. No, I'm, I'm just saying. I didn't know. I knew you were taking the medication. I didn't know if you took too many pills. Could you imagine? And the funny thing is that Kim is right there. And I saw someone online say it's insensitive for Sutton to bring up alcoholism and like make the joke about, can I have another drink, mom, in front of a recovered addict. And I would just like to suggest that you be born after 2004. That's what I would like to suggest because you must have just got here and you must not remember that Kyle is the one that exposed her sister's business on TV and continues to try to expose all of her sister's business, says his, on TV. So no, it's not insensitive. If anything, Kim should kind of be a guest that Kyle hasn't learned that people who have addictions are struggling and it's, A, not appropriate to speculate about whatever, like, mental problems, addiction problems someone's having, unless you really are like, hey, I think something's wrong, I'm going to do something about it, Some, you know, something productive. But to just be like, I think you're rude, so now I'm going to accuse you of being crazy, because I don't like the way you're talking to me. Are you crazy? That's, you're incredibly, incredibly rude. That's very, very very sinister me like there's that's well what the other one was high school mean girls this is boarding school mean girls this is this is like a gothic novel where someone gets pushed out of the window by accident on a prank and dies this is this is that type of mean um so Emery peeps uh peeps set and saying that she can have her doctor said she could drink with the medication and we've already covered on this show that you're not supposed to drink with most medications like, they all recommend that because people don't want to have liability for things. But that's that's just not the... They don't... Not all medications, like, have a strong 
interaction with alcohol and well we'll get to it so anyway they're all sitting around in this circle which they they told the uh the catering staff walking around with trays okay put that whole tray down that whole tray down Mm, caviar no one ate it no one ate anything and I knew they wouldn't so it just kind of made me mad because you know when you like there's that one tray of something you like at a party and it's pat you see it you see it on someone's plate but you didn't get it around when it was passed and so then you're waiting for it to come back from the kitchen and then you have these hoes just talking all over it saliva flying at a table not eating it it would be irritating to me um so let's see um Anne-Marie enters the chat Anne-Marie comes over and she sits down she said can I ask you a question so I heard you, so you said you have neuropathy, so you're probably on gabapentin. So, so I heard you say you're not supposed to drink. You can, your doctor said you could drink with that. You can't drink with that. And no doctor would ever say that. Right off the bat, it's like, who are you talking to? Why are you being so aggressive in my ear? And Sutton was, Sutton really showed restraint. She really, because like I said, I would have fought her. I would have fought her. There would have been caviar in her hair. And she said, oh, am I at a doctor's appointment right Are you my doctor? And then Anne Marie would just get louder and louder and just be more for, no, because I'm just saying that doesn't make sense. Nothing you're saying makes sense. If you have... Like, your esophagus can't be smaller. If you have a smaller esophagus, you would just chew your food more. And then or you go get it treated. You go get it treated. Just, you you have a tiny... Anne-Marie has never heard Sutton say this. This is just something Kyle said. And Kyle, I don't know how bright she is. I don't, I don't think she's like a very like worldly educated person you know she's traveled around the world but you know she's mostly focused on herself and bragging about having a 27 year relationship on her arm like she's not I don't think she knows how to explain things that haven't happened to her very well so based off of a brief conversation with Kyle with Kyle just being like um she said like she has like a small esophagus or something that's what and so she like and so she doesn't eat and that's what Anne-Marie is running with. Anne-Marie has never even talked... Not that you have any right to sit down and just ask people about their medical histories as a, as a fucking... Uh, what kind of nurse is she? Nurse anesthetist. Well, as anyone who's not... not If someone's not in your practice or your care. But still, it's important to note that she, she didn't ever... She didn't like hear this from Sutton. So she just sits down with as little shady bits of pieces of patches of information that Kyle has given her and then starts going to town on sudden interrogating her you said no because you don't eat that's what she said she, well you don't eat and you say because of this da, da, da. who the fuck are you talking to? like who are you sitting down telling someone they don't eat what are you doing right now and so sudden was just like oh, okay everyone why don't we all make an appointment at my doctor and get my esophagus stretched together which is just the most gentle sarcasm that 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 someone could receive after this, this kind of transgression, and also a, a very 
a very elegant redirect, I think. Um, ding, ding, ding. What I do in the doctor's office is my business. Uh, you, there would, you would just think there'd be some sort of hint that would be received by Anne-Marie in this moment. Instead, Anne-Marie just keeps saying, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. And Sutton is doing, I kind of get where Sutton's coming from because sometimes something is so outrageous that you actually can't process it. And I do understand it being unclear in the moment. Like, what's Anne-Marie's ask? Why is this bitch talking to me right now? And, you know, she's, she says, I just met you. I'm, I don't know you. You know, in the confessional, she's like, you know, it could be, thank you for coming to my party, but no, y'all want to talk about my esophagus? And then I think to close it out, Sutton says something like, well, thank you, doctor. And then Anne-Marie goes, that's condescending. How, the, how is it condescending? to call you a doctor when you're acting like some sort of weird, inappropriate facsimile of a doctor. <sighs> I was so annoyed. And then the longer it sat, I've just got more and more angry and I never want to see her again because I just feel like there are different types of rudeness and some of them cross the line. I do think some things cross the line and what crosses the line for me is this is an ethical issue, an issue of ethics, an issue of the Hippocratic oath well she didn't take that I mean sorry I mean HIPAA laws an issue of HIPAA laws um I don't understand why you as someone that works in the medical industry would f feel like it's okay to do like nothing that's happening is okay and then later at the at the Bravo um after show Anne-Marie said the reason I came at her is because you're a role model just be careful of the things you say you say you have an eating disorder well little kids are watching like young women are watching this bitch do you realize an eating disorder is a disease what what is Kyle and everyone Kyle's friends with just not having empathy is just a require a requirement to be in that circle why are you yelling at someone that you think has a disease that is both psychological and has devastating physical effects that they would try to cover it up in some other way? And so you think you're going to try to help them by exposing them? I don't actually believe that you think that. I think you're just a bitch. And I think that Kyle's a bitch. Like, it's outrageous to treat people this way. It's a crazy, it's a crazy way to treat someone that you pretend to like. So to me, I like watching the mess, but I'm like, damn sudden these people don't like you no like and i i kind of don't understand how you really like them either but wow so that that was a lot and then the other thing to get to that was very heartbreaking is uh we finally get to what actually is probably the meat of the the midlife crisis that Kyle's having that superseded well not even superseded is what i want to say this might have been what kickstarted the divorce or just a kind of questioning of where her life is right now. And that was that her dear best friend took her own life. And I want to say my condolences to that the family and condolences to that friend. Because if anyone, ha listen, has ever been depressed and, and, and been blessed to get out of it, as I have, it's a terrible, terrible disease. And you don't feel like your life has meaning. You just don't, you're not able to access that part. You're not able to access the same part of your brain. Things do not feel the same as they do to other people. And 
and just the idea of her friend feeling that darkness and dealing and not having help and not having it feeling like she could reach out is so heartbreaking and so I I listened to the story and I am I was I cried you know during the scene but I was I'm most sad for Kyle's friend um Kyle is devastated I obviously feel empathy for Kyle I obviously they showed pictures of them from they've been best friends since sixth grade this woman was in Kyle's will to take care of her children if something happened to Kyle I mean they were I know the type of relationship they have I know I've seen those and other ones friends you know my mom has or those long long friendships that are like sisters it's hard it's heartbreaking I mean it's so devastating and how alone you must feel to you know because these are not her real friends as we said now it's so sad just like with Whitney you see video footage that has been collected over the years of that friend that's a real friend popping up at the events you know with the other women the housewives and you know, on family trips, it it's it's so sad. I just can't even imagine, you know, your ace boon coon, the person that you call every day, speak to every day. It's heartbreaking. But you know what else feels like that? A sibling. And you know who didn't care when Lisa's brother took his own life, which imagine as a blood relative, the devasta- utter devastation you would feel? Kyle, she didn't she was unmoved by that so I feel really awful primarily for Kyle's friend for losing her life so tragically and not getting the help that she deserved and needed um and I understand Kyle's absolutely just feeling like you didn't know you're blindsided what could you have done it's it's one of the worst feelings you could ever have but it's just it's just a little difficult for me to just dive headfirst into the empathy for Kyle when I just have such strong had such strong reactions in the past of her the best thing to say is that it just kind of always reminds me and reinforces how she's just completely unable to relate to things unless they happen to her and I know that people are mostly unable to relate to things unless they happen to them but I don't get it. Like, I, you have an imagination, right? You know? Like, when someone... When something really terrible happens to someone that hadn't, hasn't happened to me, I just think, well, fuck. That sounds worse than the worst thing I've dealt with. So that's really bad. I'm not like... Ugh, I don't know. Your whole family died in a plane crash. Well, we're all going through things. Let's talk about dog adoption. You know, it's just... Uh, Kyle, I... I feel for you, but I don't quite understand the all-consuming the all-consuming presence that she has in her own life. Like I don't, you know, going to drop your kids off at school and you're having anxiety attacks and it's all about your anxiety. I don't get it. It's a lot. But they kind of hinted with the next preview that it does seem to be connected to why she's sort of taking stock of her life and taking stock of her marriage and everything. And she did say to him um, in the next clip, she says to Mauricio or the clip for next week that I, I want to be fulfilled. I want to be happy. I want to be filled. 
with strap on. No, um, she just says she wants to be fulfilled and happy. So I don't know. I don't know if that's part of it. I don't know what order we're getting to everything in. Oh, I totally jumped over a scene where she was putting on her makeup and Morgan was on the phone flirting with her because I just, I was more focused on the Lucite uh, makeup containers. But yes, uh, Morgan made an appearance and was like, Kyle, you, you wear the Kubota. Yes, and Kyle's like, stop, and it's very cute. Stop it. <laughs> you know, you, you want to know what's underneath? You want to know what's underneath? I'm a cool mom. So that wraps up my coverage of R-H-O-B-H for this week. And Marie's exhausting. She's giving very annoying friend of energy. And I don't know, you know, what was cut out and what wasn't, but it's really hard to see how she felt like she would make a place for herself just blindly inserting herself into things literally based on what Kyle said. So now you're not even forming any smidgen of a relationship of your own with anyone else. And I just think it's, I, I, I'm just worried I won't get to see her cussed out properly because I don't think anyone's even, well, A, they don't really do that that well in this show, but, and I don't mean just get in an argument with, I mean like she needs to get dragged for what she's done so far. I don't think it's going to happen because I don't even think they take her seriously enough to spend that energy on her. They kind of are also giving her like a who are you type energy back. But that's it. Okay, so I lied. I think I'm going to do RHOP completely separately. And I will, that will just come out right after this episode. So stay tuned for that. But they'll both drop today. Cake and Kombucha, a Bravo, Bravo, effing Bravo podcast is hosted and produced by yours truly, Kelechi Azier. Please, I want to hear all of your Bravo opinions. So if you have something you want me to cover or you just want to initiate a conversation, feel free to email me at cakeandkombucha at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram at Cake and Kombucha, a Bravo, Bravo, effing Bravo podcast or Kelezie, K-E-L-E-Z-I-E. Ta-ta for now.